Welcome to the Free Lawyer Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Miles. The Free Lawyer Podcast is designed for the lawyer, entrepreneur, or professional who is in some way unfulfilled, stressed, or stuck, and is looking for something better. We will discuss various blocks that limit us from achieving the personal freedom that we all desire, but have not yet fully experienced. And we will give actionable steps to free yourself from them. Are you looking to achieve a new level of success? If so, this podcast is for you. Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of the Free Lawyer Podcast. And I'm so happy to have with me today, Molly Huff. Molly is a dynamic, young employment and commercial litigation attorney in Minnesota who um, does so much to help other younger attorneys. And I've seen her posts on LinkedIn and connected with her before. And I'm just so impressed with her desire to help and serve other lawyers and and help them be the best they can be and, and really raise the standards of the legal profession. Molly, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Gary. It's great to it's great to be here. I feel honored to be asked to be on your podcast today. Well, I'm grateful you're here too. Molly, tell me a little bit about your professional journey, how it started and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I never in a million years thought I was going to be a lawyer. Um, I remember, so I graduated from college, was very burnt out um, and had no plans of going to any sort of master's or any sort of secondary degree. And I was approached a few times by professors in college who were fabulous and said, you should think about law school. And every time in my head, I laughed and just thought, that sounds terrible. I'm not interested in that. Um, and I just kind of needed a break after college. So I got let some me, experience. Let me interrupt you just a second. Uh, what no. was it they saw in you or, or why would a professor suggest to you that you should think about going to law school? Um, I think it was kind of the classic, I was an overachiever. <laughs> I was good at academics. Um, and I think they saw me as someone who, um, was just a leader. Um, and I think they, those are skills that they really value valued and wanted to see in the legal profession. And so, um, I think they thought that I could handle the intensity of law school, um, while also finding my own ways to make the legal world work for me. Gotcha. So what did, what did you do then? Um, so then I Googled um, if I was allowed to go into law school because I didn't graduate with pre-law. Like that's how little I knew about law school because um, I didn't know any lawyers. I was not exposed to it at all. Uh, and so again, at you know, within my working career was able to connect with some people and, and they kind of guided me through the LSAT and all that sort of stuff. And got into law school. I went to law school here at St. Thomas in downtown Minneapolis and just had a fabulous experience. Um, I had heard so much um, negativity about law school and yes, it's hard. Yes, it can be really, really difficult, um, but I found a lot of joy in going to law school. And I think it's a huge privilege to just get to sit in a classroom every day and learn. I mean, not many people get to do that. And you know, so it's funny, I, I went to law school many, many years ago. I graduated yeah. in 1978, in fact. But to me, it was the greatest educational experience I ever had. I liked 
that we went 15 or 16 weeks with no tests. At least that's what it was then. Our final yeah. exam was our grade. And everyone was so sharp and motivated and challenging. And mm -hmm. it, it was great. Everyone was really into learning and into education. And it wasn't always the case in college. You know, some yeah. of us tried to do well and a lot of us were just there for other reasons. So I really loved it too. And I'm glad you had that experience. Yeah, it's, you know, again, I think it's really kind of how you you come at it um, and, you know, the ways you're able to just find those pockets of joy and really develop some really good relationships. So I was very lucky in that. I just developed some great relationships. You know, I moved out of, you know, in-state to Minnesota. So I knew no one going into law school. Um, and it was fabulous to get to know all of these really wonderful people. And so I think that really enriched my experience. Mm -hmm. um, and I know a lot of lawyers right now who went, you know, through COVID and were kind of like these COVID lawyers. Wow. Um, I think that's something that I've heard over and over again, that they just were stripped of. Um, because it's so difficult to develop relationships when you're sitting on Zoom in class. Um, so I think I'm hearing that a lot over and over again right now of, of lawyers in their first, second years are just really in need of community and developing those relationships that they just weren't able to develop in law school to no fault of their own. Um, so I think that's that's kind of been a, a big challenge for new lawyers at the moment. But um, all that to say, I you know graduated, thank the Lord. <laughs> I um, passed the Lord. I imagine you graduated and did very well, I suspect. <laughs> well, thank you. I, uh, yeah, so I was able to um, uh, get one of the OCI jobs um, and I had what this like- OCI? Uh, the on-campus interviews. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. um, so I was a summer associate at a great firm. Um, they hired me on after law school and um, that's really where I kind of learned how to be a lawyer. Um, was at that firm. And so um, from there, um, I switched to another firm this last January um, and uh, really have just developed a passion for both employment and commercial. And um, I really do enjoy being a litigator, uh, which I think surprises a lot of people. <laughs> um, what, and do you, what do you like about doing litigation? Um, I like that it's very different every day. Um, I think I am never bored and I am someone who in a career can get bored very easily. And I know that about myself. And so I think being in litigation, it allows me to experience new issues that I don't have answers to almost weekly. And so that for me is always very engaging. It's intellectually engaging um, and can be you know tough and difficult at times, but I, I do find a lot of um, just excitement. And, um, I think just joy in being able to solve those problems for my clients. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that I've done litigation my whole career and I, I feel the same. Yeah. What yeah. are the greatest, um, challenges, hurdles, or frustrations you find as a trial attorney? I think as a trial attorney, it's really just mastering the how to's of practice. Um, right. Like Gary, you and I have had this conversation kind of offline, um, you know, as great as I loved my law school experience, I was still very woefully unprepared when I went into practice and, um, you know, kind of realized there's this huge learning curve, um, that every associate kind of has to go through and learning how to master 
a lot of these just how to's that you just aren't aware of. Um, and so that for me was really the biggest challenge is my entire first year, I felt very overwhelmed, um, confused. A lot of anxiety comes from that. Um, and you really start questioning your own abilities um, is really what started happening for me. Because I thought, man, I thought I was going to be good at this. <laughs> and there's just this, this learning curve. And so um, I think that's really the, the biggest challenge that a lot of new attorneys and you know trial attorneys are, are going through. Did you yeah. have any of those experiences? Um, you know, I, I clerked for my, in law school for a firm all three years. And then I worked in federal court for a year as a mm. law clerk. And when I got out of that, I, I saw, I saw everything in, in the courtroom and I felt all the mis mystery of it was gone. I understood. And then I switched after a couple of years to a firm that did litigation defense. Mm. And I worked with one of the best trial lawyers in, in Maryland. And I learned so much from him. So mm. kind of being in a small firm, I always had a lot of opportunity to practice with smaller cases in what we call district court or small claims court. And I got mentoring. So that wasn't really a concern that I had. I know in talking to other people, I've learned a little more about UK and Canada, and they both have what they call articling, where you have to, before you become a member of the bar, you have to be an understudy to another lawyer who's responsible for supervising you. And I'm like, yeah. That really makes so much sense. Not that exactly. I want to put another roadblock in the place of becoming a lawyer, but there's right. so much sense to that. And otherwise, the law firm has to take on that responsibility. So they may right. spend a lot of money in the first year. You know, I know with our associate, I took them to everything I did, you know, for mm -hmm. a period of time just to watch. Right. Um, but some firms don't do a great job of providing that training. You know, they, they you jump yeah. right in and they give you things and no one really gives you the how to. Right. And law firms are losing $9 billion a year because they're not training associates. Tell and I, I'm, I'm shocked. I'm confused. <laughs> what are you talking about? So there mean? was That's this amazing. great, yeah. So there was this great study that came out. Um, I can send you the link after this, if you can link in show notes or something like that. But um, they did a study of the top law firms um, in the United States. So this is just in the United States. And they found out that as a result of, you know, associates lateraling so much, they're losing out $9 billion every year. And so it was like the number one reason associates were leaving were pay. I think that it was either number two or number three was training and development. Mm -hmm. So if law firms can capture that, they're going to save so much money every single year. I mean, that number is insane. <laughs> And if it, they can, it is insane. That's why I, I yeah, it's, send me that article and I will put yeah. it in the notes. Yeah, it's um it was a really interesting study to read. And then, you know, I don't know if this is the most accurate right now, um, the most up-to-date study, but the most recent one that I read um says that it takes about three and a half years for an associate to start making money for the firm. Wow. So where they are billing enough and you know, efficient enough and are possibly bringing in their own business and that's just too long. Like, I think there are many ways that we can sit down with first year attorneys like this mentorship program you're talking about or apprenticeship program um, and simply train them to do their jobs and then let them start making money a lot faster for these firms. Hmm. I find that fascinating too. Yeah. So, so you've been practicing law how long now, Molly? Um, so I'm a fourth year attorney. 
fourth year. Yeah, so I'm and, headed into my fifth year. I feel like the like I'm nine, almost ten, but <laughs> heading into fantastic. my fifth year. Yeah. And when you talk to other lawyers, um, other younger lawyers like yourself, what are some of the challenges that they tell you they're experiencing? Yeah. So. I would say the biggest ones um, that I hear over and over again is exactly what we're talking about. I don't know how to do my job. Um, and that is causing anxiety. It's affecting my mental health. Um, it's affecting my confidence. Um, it just kind of has this, this spillover effect into a lot of areas of our life. Um, the second thing I would say is community. Uh, I think associates right now are feel very isolated. Um, and I think many associates aren't um, understanding like different ways that they can plug in um, to create relationships with those outside of their firm. Because not only is it important to you know develop relationships internally, but you have to develop those re- relationships outside of your firm as well. Um, and for me, that's that's a really big part of community. Um, so I'd say that's the second one. Um, I think the third one, uh, you know, I speak to a lot of, um, female lawyers and, um, persons of color who just don't see themselves, um, in firm leadership and that really affects them. So those are kind of the three topics that I hear over and over and over again. Another one that I have heard a lot in my conversations with people and you didn't mention, so maybe it's not one that is as prevalent as I think is the hourly billing requirements and the pressure, both time pressure, but also kind of emotional pressure. Like I got to come up with more hours to bill. And that's not a world I grew up in as a younger lawyer, but is that something lawyers are experiencing now today as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Um, You know, the billable hour, I think right now, we are in this interesting shift, I think in the legal world, where this is starting to bubble up. Now, the question really is what generation is gonna change it, right? Like what generation is actually gonna take that sort of lead and burden to to change the billable hour? But yeah, I mean, that's, I don't think that's anything new. I think the billable hour um, does not create space for lawyers to be creative it doesn't allow them to get training and development. Um, I think it doesn't allow them to, you know, all those things that we were just talking about, get training and development, go find community, bring in business. Like it, because you're so obsessed and so concerned um, with trying to impress the firm and get respect from the firm and your colleagues. And you don't want to be the associate that's, you know, falling behind on their hours. So that just, creates a lot of anxiety. And yet there's an expectation, not in the first year, but but maybe when you're getting to be where you are, mm-hmm. how much you start building your book of business and bringing, bringing business in. Well, that business development isn't billed hourly. And you want to join the Young Lawyers Committee of the Minnesota Bar Association, if there is such right. or was in Maryland. That isn't something you can build for. You want to have lunch with some other young female attorneys from other firms to talk right. about community. That's not something you can bill for. And so all those other things that you've emphasized are so important to the younger lawyers are not compensated. And even training isn't compensated. One would think if I if mm-hmm. I take my associate to a deposition that I'm doing so he can learn how to do it, right? I'm not going to bill for his time. So yeah. that's not billed. 
And that's right. a, you have to bill all these hours, but where do you find time for all these things that are lacking? Right, right. Yeah, it's such an interesting um, structure. Um, and I, again, Gary, I know that we've sort of had this conversation out offline, but it sounds like your firm is really kind of being a, a leader in a lot of this and in the ways that you're trying to, you know, help your associates, quote unquote, escape the billable hour. Um, and I think there's this perception that if we get rid of it, it means associates aren't working hard. And I think that's just not true at all. I think associates um, will actually be a lot more willing um, to stay at firms and work very hard because there isn't this, um, their value isn't being equated to 0.1. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah. you talked about some of these problems that, that younger lawyers have, community and, and diversity and, and training. And what solutions do you have for those folks who are going through that? Like if there's a lawyer who's listening to this podcast today, who's feeling alone and stressed and overworked and, and doesn't know where to turn or how to learn to do litigation well, mm -hmm. what suggestions do you have? Yeah, I mean, um, my shameless self-plug here is going to be Juris Consult. Um, so for those who don't know, uh, the Juris Consult Institute is something that I founded um, that allows for new attorneys to go through cohort-based online education. So what that means is that um, I allow you to enter into a community of people that will hold you accountable, help you brainstorm. You guys can create ideas together, marketing ideas, all that sort of stuff, um, while teaching you some of the essential how-tos of practice. So this comes out in two ways right now. So we do this through a litigation course and a book of business course, because um, I want to equip associates with as much as I can. Now, I can't solve every problem, but the problem that I can solve is doing my best to train new associates. Um, and I, I deeply believe that, you know, the more competent you are and the more that you can get that training, it just equates to more confidence. And I think the more confident you are, the more you like your job. And I hear so many associates that don't like their jobs. And I really want to help with that because I want them to stay in the profession. I want to hear their voices. I want them to be leaders in this profession. And so again, I cannot solve all of it, but that is one way that I'm trying my best to, to help keep people in this profession and liking their jobs um, is just simply by training them. That, that's wonderful. I, I've heard in so many conversations I've had with lawyers of all ages, but particularly younger lawyers who are so excited to pass the bar. Mm -hmm. Mom and dad came, their siblings came, their spouse or significant other came. They had a nice dinner. They celebrated. It was the culmination of the three years of stress and hard work in law school. And five years, eight years, 10 years later, mm -hmm. why did I do that? I mean, yeah. this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And part of it yeah. might be they haven't worked as a lawyer before. Law school is a very different experience than being a lawyer. But mm -hmm. part of it is all these things you mentioned. And I think it's just wonderful that you've developed Juris Consult Institute mm -hmm. to help lawyers have an avenue to um, learn and, and be supported and encouraged mm -hmm. and, and how to manage these stresses so that they can be happy and fulfilled as lawyers. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, Gary, too, the, the thing that happens often is 
exactly what you said. So you, you pass the bar, you get into your first years of practice and you sit there and you go, I have no idea what I want to do. Like I, this legal landscape is so big and there's so many possibilities that law school didn't tell me about that are now in front of me. Um, so how do I figure out, you know, what practice area do I want to be in? Who do I want to serve? What type of firm do I want to be at? Do I want to be in litigation versus transactional? I think, you know, part of that, you just have to experience some of it. Um, cool. But a lot of it, I think we can really help by just asking good questions. And so, you know, going to first year, second year attorneys and help guiding them through by asking them these really good, thoughtful questions that is going to aid them later on in their career. So they're not a fifth, sixth, seventh year attorney. And it's like, well, am I going to become partner and keep doing this thing that I don't like very much? Or can I take control of my career in years one and two and start shaping it the way that I actually want it to look like? So Juris Consult helps younger attorneys to manage those problems. Yeah, I, I mean, I'd like to think so. <laughs> how's it, um, how's think- it going? How's it working? Yeah, it's going, it's been super fun. Um, you know, I have had so much fun connecting with new attorneys, if that's not obvious. Um, but it's just been, I think, a huge gift to me to be able to just be the person that um they trust to just tell me what they're actually going through. Um, and I take a lot of pride in that. And um, so uh we're doing our first cohort of and building a book of business here um, this fall. So coming up pretty soon. Um, so I'm very excited about that. And that will be a large part of walking them through a lot of those questions of who do you care about? What practice areas serve those people that you care about? What are some solutions that you can, um, or excuse me, what are what are the problems that those people you care about are going through? And how can you provide a solution to that? Um, so simply walking people through some of that and helping them um, figure that out. And then they'll put together their own business development plan and um, and go from there. You know, it's it's interesting. We, we become lawyers and we're <clears throat> learn how to do litigation and we're in, and then all of a sudden to become a partner, we realize we're supposed to bring in business. Well, no mm-hmm. one's ever told me how to bring in business. I mean, right. you've given me files. I've learned how to work them. I do well. But what do you mean I got to bring in business? I've. Right. In marketing or brand development. What's that mean? And right. so it's it's and no one teaches you how they just expect that folks do it. So I think that's a great right. hole that you're filling there. Thanks, Gary. How how have you done that? Um, mostly by being authentic and genuine and connecting with people. Um, you know, I don't think it is is being salesy or pushy. It's it's talking to folks who may be prospective clients and listening to them. And, mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes we lawyers like to talk. We like to offer opinions. We like to give advice. I struggle with that at home. I give too much advice. Um, I should spend more time listening. I'm reminded <laughs> of that all the time and, and appropriately so really. But as lawyers, some skill that we need to develop so much is the ability to listen because mm-hmm. that's when we really find out what someone's looking for, what their needs are. And sometimes I'm the right person and other times I'm certainly not. You know, if someone needs a really complicated estate plan or has a criminal matter or has a friend who needs some, I don't, I don't do those things, Mm -hmm. but for folks that we do, then, you know, we can help. So I think the key is listening 
and and just connecting with people. Networking almost has a bad name now. It's like I walk in yeah. the room and I hand out my cards. I tell you who I am and how good I am. I mean, that's not really what it is, but that's what sometimes yeah. people think of it. And I think it's really just being present and, and listening um, in whatever association that works, you know, for you. And I think it also helps to present to an appropriate group of people. So you do commercial work. Maybe there's the local chamber of commerce. You mm -hmm. could do some presentation or seminar. So whatever we area we work in, find a group where we could present to that might be helpful. So I do family law. So sometimes talking to financial planners is helpful because they often have clients who are going through something and they feel stuck because they represent the husband and wife in their financial planning, but they need a lawyer. And right. Talking to them about, you know, financial issues and divorce opens doors for me. Mm. Yeah, no, I think those are all, um, again, you're just finding pockets of people that you can create genuine relationships with um, that, you know, and you're genuinely interested in them right. and what's going on in the world. And, you know, and, and you don't have to hide the ball, right? Like you don't have to go create a relationship with them just to create a relationship. It's, you know, I think there, you can have this balance of, yeah, I'm very genuinely interested in who you are in your business and here's how I can help. Right. Exactly. You know? right. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, how, how have the lawyers who, who've done Juris Consult so far, how have they, has it helped them to manage some of these stresses that you've talked about? Yeah. So um, I think so. Um, I think in, again, these conversations that I'm having with these lawyers um, and these, these new lawyers, um, being able to just sit somebody down and kind of take them outside of their world for a minute. And this, again, this like, I have to bill, I have to bill, I have to bill. I'm going to go home and work out and eat dinner. And then I have to bill, I have to bill. So being able to like take someone outside of their own world for a second, again, ask them those good questions in a group of people who are wanting the same thing is just powerful. Um, and it allows you to, again, be accountable to the person on the other side of the screen or just, you know, on the other side of the room. Um, that in itself is incredibly powerful because for a long time, I was in the, the cycle of I'd have all these great ideas for marketing and I would do none of them by the end of the year because I was just so focused on billing. Um, and so it took some time for me to figure out um, how to break it down into some bite-sized pieces and, you know, how to focus on three things and then what I was going to do each week for those three things. Um, and so again, being able to bring that to a group of people with these new lawyers, asking them those good questions, um, in my opinion, is just really transformative. One thing I really love that you just shared is the importance of community, having these younger lawyers together sharing because I suspect listening to this podcast is going to be some lawyer sitting in his or her office who feels alone, who yeah. feels like the who feels like the only one going through this. And he or she certainly yeah. isn't. If I could give an analogy, some of you know I'm in recovery. I've been in recovery for a long time. And one of the strengths of that, when I was an active alcoholic and practicing law, I yeah. felt like I was all alone. There was no one like me. Um, it was a shameful secret. Um, and, and when I got in recovery, I found with a lot of other people who've been through what I've been through and the community and support is amazing. And I imagine yeah. that sense of community 
by like-minded folks who have similar experiences, sharing it with each other in a trusting, open environment in itself is an answer to the problem. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. And I think hitting on that again, piece that you were just talking about is your, you know, you kind of put yourself in a vulnerable situation and to have that reflected back to you, that vulnerability reflected back to you is just life-changing. I mean, it just that one moment of connection for you, um, is so transformative and so powerful and also just gives you breath in your lungs to go take on your day, you know, billing point one or whatever is not what I love about this job, right? That's not what I care about. It's not what I love. What I do love are relationships and the ways that I get to solve problems for clients. And so for me, building those communities has been life-changing for me. Um, it's allowed me to hit goals I never thought possible. Um, and it's allowed me to just continue to do things that I'm passionate about because I haven't been getting burnt out on them. You know, I find that I, I feel most fulfilled as a lawyer when I'm not thinking about being in conflict or fighting with another lawyer or mm-hmm. winning a case necessarily, but solving my client's problem. And that's my yeah. focus. That's when I feel most fulfilled. And yeah. what I love is that you and I both share the same passion mm-hmm. to help lift and support uh, the legal community and the legal profession. And that's what I love what I do in coaching lawyers because I can help them achieve that level of fulfillment. And that's what you're doing through Juris Consult. And I want to thank you for doing that. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, thanks, Gary. I appreciate that. It's been it's been cool to watch everything that you've been doing as well. I think it's, um, if I can have a confession here, I used to kind of roll my eyes at coaching um, cause I just didn't, um, understand it and being a lawyer and going through therapy and coaching, it's been incredible to see the ways that that has just supercharged my career. And so if there's anybody listening to this, that is also in a space of kind of, you know, Oh, coaching really, do I need it? Do I not? Um, I can with full confidence say that it is, it, it can be life-changing. So yeah. thanks for what you're doing. The, the analogy I use is I played golf since eighth grade. I started caddying then mm-hmm. and, and played competitively in high school and college. Uh, and I, so I started eighth grade, what's that, 13 or something. I'm now 67. I have always, always had a golf coach. Now you'd mm-hmm. think by now I would know how to play the game. <laughs> and I do. I know yeah. exactly what the perfect swing looks like. Yep. But I don't know what I'm missing. I don't know where I'm off. I need a pair right. of independent eyes to look mm-hmm. at me. We can read all the articles we want about how to be stress-free as a lawyer, Yeah, but I'm still stressed. So what's wrong? What am oh, I doing sure. wrong? And that's right. where someone like you can really help, help mm-hmm. them see, oh, here's a solution. Have you, no, I didn't think about that. Or they share something and, well, this is what I hear you're missing. You know, you can really yeah. be an outside influence. Uh, Molly, this, I call this podcast, The Free Lawyer, because like you, I want to help lawyers be as free and mm. happy and successful in their careers as I can. Yeah. So tell me, Molly, what does true personal freedom mean to you? Mm. For me, true personal freedom means freedom of my time. Um, and I think also being financially free. Um, so I had to do a lot of healing um, around money and finances and finding ways that I could um 
just be in a really comfortable spot in my life to do the things that I wanted to do. That for me was very, very important. Um, and I think a lot of lawyers don't talk about money very much either. And that's something that I think lawyers need a lot of, a lot of help with. Um, so that's a big piece for me. The other piece of freedom for me is the freedom of time. And the ways that I accomplish that um, are by building a book of business so that I have some control over the cases I take on, the people I work with, um, and firms ultimately just, you know, they respect people who are bringing in business and they allow you, I think, to have more freedom when you are bringing in business. Um, cause there's just some trust there that's been developed. Um, and the other way is by really owning my own training and development. I think, when you're a lawyer who can really sharpen their hard skills and their soft skills and develop their soft skills, you can take that anywhere, right? And so that is really important. Um, and so being able to have those transferable skills is something that I, I think will give a lot of lawyers freedom. Um, so they don't feel stuck in a firm or stuck at a job or you know, um, whatever that might look like. They can take those transferable skills and go where they wanna go um, and I think that gives lawyers a lot of freedom as well. And that's how I would define that for myself. That's great, Molly. Uh, Molly, for those of you, those who are listening, particularly younger lawyers who are feeling frustrated and stressed and confused about how to do what they're doing, um, how can they best get in touch with you and learn more about how you can help them? Yeah. So, um, I think the best way is to just shoot me a DM. Um, so you can either connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, it's just Molly Huff. Uh, and Huff is spelled H-O-U-G-H, <laughs> uh, not H-U-F-F. Um, I always say it's like rough or tough, but it's Huff. Um, or you can shoot me a DM on Instagram as well under Juris Consult Institute. Um, and if you don't want to do any of those things, uh, you can also email me at info at jurisconsultinstitute.com. Um, and I'd be happy to connect with you and I would be happy to be a resource for you. Well, Maui, I want to thank you so much, not only for being my guest today, but doing what you do as a really quite, I've been practicing 43 years and you're coming up on your fifth year, you know, and yet you have already learned how to help and support others and help them grow. And I, I want to thank you for that. I think it's amazing. Mm. Well, thank you, Gary. It's, it's, um, it's been a pleasure to be here today and I'm just really grateful for your work as well. So thank you. Thank you all for joining us here today and, and Molly for coming. And as always, please be well, be safe. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Free Lawyer Podcast. Wherever you are listening, if you enjoyed what I shared, please leave me a rating and review. I would appreciate hearing more about what you like best and what topics you might like me to cover in future episodes. If you are interested in experiencing a more fulfilling and a more successful life, please contact me at www.garymiles.net where you can schedule a free discovery call with me so I can learn more about you, your challenges, and your dreams. I appreciate each and every one of you and have a great rest of your day. Thanks to all of you for your support.